Good evening. On this feast of the baptism of the Lord, we come to the end of our Christmas liturgical season. And while last Sunday we celebrated the Epiphany, the early church actually called this entire period of time the Feast of the Epiphanies, collectively celebrating the various manifestations or revelations of Christ to the world. It began with the birth of Jesus, where Christ was revealed to Israel, and the arrival of the Magi led by a star, where Christ was revealed to the Gentiles, the baptism in the Jordan by John, where Christ was revealed in the Trinity. And lastly, the first miracle recorded at Cana of water being changed into wine, where Christ was revealed his transformative nature to the world. Eventually, the Nativity of the Lord, Christmas, was separated out from the other epiphanies, leading the Western Church to continue the process of unraveling these feasts into dedicated celebrations. It wasn't until 1955, actually, that Pope Pius XII instituted a separate liturgical commemoration for this feast, the baptism of the Lord. And actually, years later, until it was fixed to take place on this first Sunday that takes place after January 6th. So why does this feast, the baptism of the Lord, carry so much weight? And how does it apply to us and our own feast days? Perhaps as you enter the church today, you may have dipped your hands in the water fonts and blessed yourself. And during the Easter season, just as we did 10 minutes ago, we begin our liturgies with the sprinkling rite, where the priest or deacon walks around the congregation blessing everyone with holy water. And during the funeral liturgies, the procession pauses right there in front of the baptismal font so that the casket can be blessed with holy water. All these uses of water are designed to remind us of one thing, our feast day, the day we were baptized, the day we were initiated into the discipleship of Jesus, the day where our parents and godparents and family brought us to the church so that through the waters of baptism we would be grafted to Christ. It's the one event that gave each of us our identification, our mark, our branding of whom we are and what we are called to do. And Teresa and I have four sons, and when they were growing up, we would celebrate their feast days. So the boys would obviously celebrate their birthday as usual. But then some weeks later, on the day that they were baptized, we would go ahead and first they get to pick out what they want for dinner, and there has to be some draw, especially for boys, spaghetti or hamburgers or something. But we would pull out their baptism candle and the baptism cloth garment and the videos and the pictures. And we would talk about their baptism day and we would show the films and tell the stories. We would want to hear them time and time again. We would remind them what it means to be a disciple of Christ. We did this because I think at times this concept of discipleship being at the heart of baptism has been lost. See, many of us grew up in our faith learning that the sole reason for baptism was to fix that stain on our souls, to get rid of the original sin. And we missed the whole point that baptism is not just the negative erasing of original sin. More importantly, it's the positive call and commitment to discipleship. That's why we use water so often in our faith. 
and why we're reminded of our own baptisms and our own initiations and our own commissionings to do the work of Jesus and to be Christ to one another. See, we heard in Mark's gospel story of Jesus, a Jewish man being baptized in the River Jordan by his cousin John. He tells us that after being plunged into the Jordan River, that Jesus comes up out of the water and the heavens open up and the Spirit of God descends like him on over him like a dove. Thereby recalling the biblical story of creation, we hear for the first time the Spirit descending and hovering. So in today's gospel story, Mark makes the baptism of Jesus to be a reflection of that Genesis story. As Jesus is about to enter the chaos of his world in order to begin a new creation. But don't miss the key part of the baptism story. For there are words that should echo in your heart every day. For when Jesus comes out of the water, what does the divine say to him? It says, this is my boy. This is who I love. This is who I am well pleased with. But wait, at this point, his son Jesus hasn't done anything. He hasn't given any sermons. Hasn't healed anybody. No miracles. No crowds. Not even a Facebook page. And yet the first thing Jesus hears is the divine blessings and affirmation. You see, all too often we just grow up and we get this message backwards. We focus on original sin versus original blessing. We spend our lives doing as many impressive things as we can because we think we can earn divine affirmation. And we miss that model given to us of God's abiding love for us. In our errant ways of trying to earn what we already have, we miss God's unconditional gift of mercy, forgiveness, and love. We miss hearing the words, you're my son, you're my daughter. You, I am well pleased, I love you. See, the one thing people want to know is that they matter. In the eyes of Christ, in our common union through baptism, the fact is, we all matter. And we matter very much. I think it's one of the core reasons, actually, why Jesus was baptized. Of why we see and hear, for one of the first times, this awareness of Trinity, of Father, Son, and Spirit coming together. Because before Christ would face any temptations, before he started going out and teaching and blessing and forgiving, his mission became, began with steadfast love from his Father. It's the same core meaning and message of baptism that all of us need to carry with us as we begin our new year of discipleship. So what's that year going to look like for you? Maybe it means going to that retreat you've been holding off. Or signing up for a ministry here at St. Paul's. Or attending an evening lecture. Or helping out a neighbor or a family member. Working in a local soup kitchen. Or in the words of Matthew, making a commitment to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, care for the sick. For that's what baptism calls us to. That's why we celebrate the feast of the baptism of the Lord. That's why we celebrate our feast days. Because we're called to call, we are, because we are called forth to make something new. We're in the words of Pope Francis, to go out into the world and to make noise. 
events in France this week remind us that we need to go out and wake up the world. We need to be a witness of doing things in a different way by what we say and by what we do. And we need to show that we can live and behave in a truly different way by loving and serving others without looking for anything in return. So the next time you walk through the doors and you dip your hands in those holy water fonts and bless yourself, remember your call and remember your commission and your commitment that we have in Christ and to each other. And never forget the voice from heaven that calls out to you. You're my beloved son, my beloved daughter. With you, I am well pleased. Go be my disciple.